Welcome to Scream Grabs, a weekly series from Macabre Bros and Bras, where we dissect one scene and one scene only, good, bad, or ugly, showing how it makes great horror legendary, good horror better, or even shitty horror watchable. Hello, all you horror fiends. This is Phil with Macabre Bros. Today I'm looking at one of Rob Zombie's worst entries. His debut entry, House of a Thousand Corpses. What can I say about Rob Zombie? I am a sucker for Rob Zombie as a director. I love his brand of ultraviolence, his sick, twisted sense of humor, his love of B-movies and grunge, and that dirty, southern-fried underbelly of America. I even love his diverse use of fucks, assholes, dicks, and motherfuckers in his garbage dialogue. Everybody loves to hate on Zombie's dialogue. Who cares? It's Zombie. Just look past it. It's what he's going for. No fucks given. Well, Rob Zombie, his debut, House of a Thousand Corpses, not exactly his best film, but that's okay. He was a fledgling director at the time. The sequel, Devil's Rejects, 10, 20, 30 times better. Halloween, some people don't like his take on Halloween. I personally enjoy it, but Halloween 2 is where he really, really put his mark on the Michael Myers saga. But... It all started here with House of a Thousand Corpses, and I will say that his debut is absolutely a mixed bag. I think it would have been better with less stuff. I knew she was crazy for the second we fucking picked her up. Okay, that's it. Let's get out of this fucking nut house. More striking images, fewer Halloween scene setting, especially his tendency to just go into homage to gruesome gore. Uh, it's, it's, it's almost like he wanted to put every last thing he had ever seen in a Grindhouse B-movie on film with his own personal touch. And after a while, it just gets to be too much. It gets old, it gets joyless. It sometimes even gets clunky and cringeworthy. It's like looking at that cork board in a dive bar bathroom. You know what corkboard I'm talking about. The one with a few naked girls, maybe some skateboard or snowboard photos, and then some awkward Polaroids of somebody's recent buck hunt or maybe somebody's grandma's 90th birthday. Yeah, that dive bar corkboard. House of a Thousand Corpses is like that. It's familiar. It's kind of fun to look at for a little bit, but there's always the smell of urinal cakes and shit in the background. And sometimes when zombies throw shit at the wall, it doesn't stick. It slides grimily down the side of the bathroom wall, but there are some highlights to this movie. Of course, the one, the only, the timeless, dearly departed Sid Haig as Captain Spaulding. <laughs> it would have been easy to pick any of his scenes and put them in this podcast because when Sid Haig is on screen as Captain Spaulding, he crushes it. He does a great job. It's no wonder that when Devil's Rejects came out, the film focuses on he and the two other strongest characters, well, with the exception of Baby, because Sherry Moon Zombie, if she gives me one more, <laughs> oh my God. The less said about Sherry Moon, the better. But anyway, with the exception of Captain Spaulding, there are some other bright shining moments in House of a Thousand Corpses, including one scene that comes in the thick of the 45 minute house of horrors at the very very end when our four teenage characters are doomed into oblivion at the hands of the firefly family it goes on forever it goes on for a long time there is so much shit but the moment that stands out to me is the buried alive scene 
Yes, the good old buried alive scene. It is nothing new to horror. Buried alive is one of those absolute primal human fears. But the way Zombie does it, he puts just enough flair on it to make it stand out and actually make it seem better than the rest of the movie around it. And what we get is we get Denise Willis, one of our teenage doomed characters, and Jerry Goldsmith, another teenage doomed character, Jerry, played by Chris Hardwick. Yeah, the host of The Talking Dead, The Walking Dead talk show. You wouldn't even recognize him under the beanie and heavy beard that he wears here, but yep, that's Chris Hardwick. The two of them get buried alive in bunny suits, and this comes after some awful shit has already happened to them. Jerry, played by Chris Hardwick, he's already been scalped by Sherry Moon Zombie. He's already been used as a human dartboard. The girl that he's with, Denise, she has already had to kiss her dead father's skinned face as it was being worn by a member of the Firefly family. So yeah, if that tells you anything about how much is going on in this film, those are only two of our four doomed characters. And then they are shoved in a coffin with a giant cross opening and lowered into the ground, which you assume is just a pit, a burial pit, someplace where they will be buried. And Zombie, as they are being lowered, he goes ahead and follows, has the camera track that coffin being lowered down. And I've got one thing to say about the uh, actress who plays Denise, Erin Daniels. She is right up there with the best of the best. She screams with the ultimate scream queens. Yeah, she gives everybody a run for her money because I believe it. You believe her screaming. It is so truly disturbing that this scene any scene she's in that she screams gets that much worse that much worse like i'm still thinking about getting buried alive and i watched the movie 3 days ago and her screams sell this buried alive scene because she begins by screaming screaming and the screaming becomes this kind of tired choked out awful awful devolved moaning well that is when things get worse and zombie puts his little touch on what's happening one of the firefly clan members lowers a lantern into the hole behind them and we see that this might not be exactly a solid burial hole but maybe more of a pit and we all know what happens in pits yeah they're home to more than just coffins in a movie like this and along with that lantern comes a recording a kind of disturbing, crackling, deep-based recording, reading the first line of a poem by Aleister Crowley called The Poet. And over and over and over again, it repeats, Bury me in a nameless grave. Bury me in a nameless grave. And I'm not doing it justice at all in the least. You gotta watch the scene, because the combination of Denise screaming and the lantern, and the fact that we do not know what else is in that pit, plus that line repeated over and over again, oh, it just cuts to the core. And then shit gets truly bad. Yeah, not only are they in a fucking coffin being lowered into the ground after they've been tortured to death, we find out that this pit is full of what else than a few dozen of the thousand corpses in this house of a thousand corpses, oozy tarry, black-skinned corpses, the sort of corpses that you expect to be popping out of the walls in a movie like Return of the Walking Dead, or Return of the Living Dead, sorry, from 1985, the ones that just drip, and the ones that have no gums, the ones that have no lips, the ones that just have eyeballs stuck in sockets, and they start 
pounding into the coffin, pulling the two of them down deeper into the pit, and the screams return, and they're just blood-curdling. This scene, in the thick of just one of the most raw, ridiculous, pastiche-style horror scenes ever, just seems to cut to the core. Because time slows down. The horror slows down. It's not throwing every last thing in your face. It's not that cork board in the dive bar shitter. It is finally a concise, concerted scene that really makes you feel for the doomed teenagers at the center of House of a Thousand Corpses. And I gotta say, as much as this movie loves pastiche, as much as this movie loves homage, zombie... Hit the nail on the head right there. Hit the nail into the coffin, hey? (laughs) And he made it his own. So if you got to watch this movie, I would recommend, obviously, watching it for Sid Haig, Captain Spaulding, for the setup, for all the great visuals that come beforehand. Once you get to the, uh, you know, final horror scenes, the 45 minutes at the end of just torture, 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 you can fast forward through all of it. Fast forward to the parts that look interesting, but make sure that you stop on the buried alive scene when we get Denise, the final girl, and Jerry, the final guy, buried alive in bunny costumes before shit gets even worse. Now I want to know, what's your favorite buried alive scene? There's plenty of them out there. You know, I'm thinking of stuff like Tarantino, of course, has his great scene in Kill Bill Part 2. There's also The Nun, one of uh, a recent relatively outstanding burial scenes in a movie that was otherwise totally not outstanding, send it in to us. Send us your words. Send us your audio to macabbros at gmail.com. That's macabre like you normally spell it, B-R-O-S at gmail.com. Or find us on Facebook at macabbros, on Instagram at macabbros. And send us your words for the chance to be featured right here on our newest podcast segment, Scream Grabs from the Macabros. This is Phil again, talking House of a Thousand Corpses. Enjoy, Macabre Fiends. Fiends.